Hey guys, it's Keenan from the High Upside Show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, or you can do it from your computer. Anchor will do the rest. It's going to distribute your podcast on the most popular platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. On top of that, you can actually earn money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to The High Upside Show, a podcast that allows people like you and me to invest our money in a more entertaining way. My name is Keenan Rivals. I'm a photographer by the day, but I make most of my money by flipping cards. In this show, I'll be sitting down with you and sharing my best practices. You'll learn my process, the lessons I've learned, and more importantly, who you should be buying. And welcome to the first official episode of The High Upside Show. Today, we have a super exciting thing to talk about. I know a lot of you guys seen the title. And yeah, it's been a long time coming, but I finally feel like Donner's Optic is the next big set. Before we get into the why or the how or the if you should buy, I kind of want to talk about rookie cards as a whole. The market has changed so much since I used to collect. Uh, back in the day when things like Ultimate Collection were being released and Exquisite Collection, those were like the obvious choice cards to get. And today, Panini obviously has taken over the market. Upper Deck has kind of took a huge decline. And though Panini has released giants similar to those brands, you know, we have National Treasures, we have Immaculate Collection. Prism has really taken over. You know, it's the modern day Topps Chrome card, but it's worth a lot of money. Like there's a lot of value there. I don't exactly remember how much a Topps Chrome refractor of LeBron James, you know, cost back in the day, but I just don't think it was as high as some of the Prism Silvers. So this is definitely a new direction in terms of rookie cards. Never have we had a parallel that was worth so much money. I remember like Fleer, like Lucky 13. Those were, you know, the gold medallion. Those were a big deal. Numbered chrome cards like X-Fractors or uh, blue X-Fractors. Those were a pretty big deal. But back when I collected or, or back when I was invested in this hobby, we were very much into like patches and autographs and game worn jerseys. You know, those were the it things to have. So having these inserts or these parallels as the top cards, really hasn't ever been a thing. You know, we look back at vintage cards or cards from the 90s and we see that, but that happened over time. This is the first time, at least in my opinion, that I think modern collectors and modern investors have been interested in these rare cards that aren't numbered, but are highly sought after. When I say rare, I mean rare. If you look back at like a Topps Chrome Refractor of LeBron, if you want to grade a copy of that PSA 10, there's only 168 of those produced. That's not too far from his exquisite rookie, which he has like 99 produced. And it's a little bit lower than his ultimate collection autograph, which has 250 produced. People have kind of taken a notice to that and noticed how rare that card is. And that's why we see that big jump in price that we have today. The same goes from Prism. If you want a Kyrie Prism Silver or Prism Prisms, as they call them, you know, PSA 10, there's only 19 of those. If you look at BGS, which tends to be a little bit, you know, more in favor of, you know, grading, there's 116 there. So... All together, you get about 135 prisms in total circulation that are, you know, gem or higher. Again, that's really rare. That's 35 more or 36 more than his uh, National Treasures rookie patch autograph. So, yeah, when you look at the rarity of prism, you factor in that chrome like finish. It has all the makings to just kind of, you know, give you an iconic set, you know, for today and for years to come. I think 2012, 13 prism is going to be highly sought after. It's going to be um, a big set that collectors and investors and just enthusiasts go after. And typically when that happens, we tend to just 
collect that set every year. You know, in sports, if 2012-13 Prism is the go-to set, then so is 2016-17, so is 2018-19, and so on and so forth. And that's kind of always been the case within the sport, whether it's the hobby or whether it's just basketball in general. You know, if the Lakers were great back in the day, then the Lakers are great today. It doesn't matter what their win-loss record is. They're great. And that's fine. You know, from a hobby perspective, I respect legacy. I respect loyalty. But when you're looking at things from an investment perspective, you have to kind of pay attention to those numbers. Paying top dollar for Prism Silvers today just doesn't make as much sense. I'm not saying that the card isn't valuable or that it's not rare or that it's, you know, shouldn't be sought after. But when you compare the prices of 2012-13, you know, top players to 2018-19 top players, they're not that far off. You know, when you look at a graded PSA 10. And they should be because there's 10x more cards produced from this year's Prism. If you need the numbers from that, no problem. I definitely went ahead and did some research. 2018-19 Prism. Let's look at Luka Doncic Silver. There's 1,162 PSA 10 graded silvers. Not only is that a 10x from Kyrie, but that means there's more PSA 10 Lucas than there is for the entire circulation of Prism Silver rookies that are graded PSA 10 in 2012-13. That's a mass-produced card. I understand 1,000 copies in gym mint condition isn't like super overproduced. That's not going to flood the market or anything of that nature. It's still a relatively limited card when you think about all the people in the world, everyone who might like Luca. You know, Dallas is a big market. Luca has his own market overseas and things like that. So, you know, 11, 1,200 cards isn't a lot, but it's not 135. You know, it's not Kyrie levels. It's not Anthony Davis levels. It's not Giannis levels. If you're an investor, you have to look at these numbers. You have to ask yourself, how long can this keep going? Are we in a bubble in terms of prism? At the time of writing a blog post, uh, you know, corresponding to this podcast, I was watching a movie. It was a TV show, actually. And right as I was, you know, you know, kind of just blogging away, in the TV show, one of the guys said, bulls and bears make the market while pigs get slaughtered. That's the difference between professionals and amateurs. Pros look for what's wrong with the system while amateurs assume that it's right and they go along with it. Now, I'm not calling collectors amateurs, but I do agree with that statement. Right now, we look at Prism as the go-to set. It has its legacy. We've been loyal to it. It's been loyal to us, but the numbers show that this may not be the best idea in terms of investment. Not only is it mass produced, but these are some of the highest prison silvers in terms of just, you know, overall value that I've seen. We have to understand that a lot factors into these prices. A $600 Luca prism silver isn't a great value. You know, you're already anticipating that he's going to have an MVP type season. You're already anticipating that he's going to be a Hall of Fame type player. You're already assuming the potential value when you're buying this car. It's not a car that will rise in price quickly. If Luca comes out guns blazing next year, there's a chance that this car might still stay the same price. Now, that's not a bad option if you're looking for some kind of stable store of value. But in terms of investing, again, you have to look at the numbers and ask yourself, does this make sense? I think smart money looks at this and the answer is no. Again, going back to the earlier prism, the two ingredients that made this set so popular, so legendary is the fact that it was rare and it was a really good looking set. It brought back that Topps Chrome aesthetic. A lot of people thought Topps Chrome was going to be obsolete. So being able to have a set that resembled that made for great ingredients to a iconic set. But what happens when those ingredients are messed up? What happens when you take the rarity out of it? What happens when there's 1100 PSA 10 Lucas that are being graded? Does the set lose value? Not necessarily, but it doesn't really gain value either. And, you know, again, smart money doesn't like that. We're not looking to pick up these cards to, you know, have a store of value. We're looking to pick up these cards 
with the hopes that they're going to blow up, that we're going to be able to flip them, that we're going to be able to sell them and make a profit. So yeah, you have to ask yourself, if Prism loses that ingredient, if they lose that rarity aspect, then what? What does that mean? The answer is obviously we don't know, but what we do know is that there's another set that has those same ingredients. For the last three years, Donruss Optic has been putting out a set very similar to Prism. And for the most part, I think a lot of people favor it to Prism. It's just as rare, if not rarer than most sets of Prism. The only flaw that I could think of when it comes to Optic is that people have been over-investing in Prism. When you see people over-invest in a brand or a set, they tend to ignore the other set. They don't want that set to gain in popularity. They don't want that set to gain in price because it hurts their bottom line. It's no different than any asset market. You know, if you look at Bitcoin, for example, there's tons of coins that are better than Bitcoin in terms of performance and speed. But because people are invested in Bitcoin, they can't see Bitcoin fall. They don't want it to fall. You can say the same about the U.S. dollar or the big three. We don't tend to like change, especially when we're invested in something so heavily. If I have 74 Prism Luka Doncic PSA 10s, I don't want to hear about how Optic is next up. And those are the things that kind of kept the value down. The market makers weren't buying Optic. The prices weren't rising and they were steady. You know, Luka Doncic was 75 all day. And unless somebody came in and bid at 80 or 90, then it wasn't going to go up. And no one was doing that. That was until now. And it wasn't Luka who pushed the prices up, but it was LeBron James. As you know, the prices on an Optic LeBron Hollow are insane. PSA 10s are going for close to $1,000. And that's due to a couple factors. For one, LeBron's obviously in the Lakers uniform. And this was one of the first cars that is beautiful to people where he's wearing his Lakers uniform. For two, we realized that hollow cards are rare. And not only are they rare, but they're extremely hard to grade. At the time of recording this podcast, there's only 33 PSA 10 LeBrons in circulation. And there's 16 PSA 9. So that shows you it's a 50-50 chance if you're even going to get that high grade. And I'm sure a lot of those PSA 9s were really, really close. Optic has centering issues. It has surface issues. It has like edge issues. There's a lot that's wrong with it. But when you get a beautiful, perfect print of a card, it looks so good. And I think people are finally realizing that. So again, we said Prism had the perfect ingredients for an iconic set. It looked great and it was rare. That's no longer the case. Optus still has those two ingredients. It looks great. It's rare. And it has a few extra additions. In my opinion, the set just looks better. The pictures of the cards. I also like the parallels a little bit better. I don't like that, you know, Prism has just so many parallels. I mean, Optic has a lot, don't get me wrong, but it's just not overwhelming. Last but not least, when it comes to rookie cards, they have on-car autos, and those are a lot rarer than people think. Like, I think those are highly underrated, even at today's prices. And that's not just for hollows. That's for base as well. Again, they're extremely hard to grade. Right now, if you look at a Luka Doncic hollow, there's only, there's only two in circulation PSA 10, five PSA 9s, and one PSA 8. There's eight cards in circulation that are graded by PSA. Obviously, there's a ton more out there that haven't been submitted yet, but that just goes to show you that they're probably not going to be a lot that are submitted. If you can get your hands on a PSA 10 or a PSA 9 for that matter, autograph, and I think that's going to be huge and not just today, but years from now. Imagine 10 years from now. Imagine if Luca reaches his full potential. Imagine if he is that MVP candidate or winner. If there's only 10, 15 autographs in circulation, that's going to blow up. Not because I'm saying so, but because it kind of has to. There's People are going to want that card. It's going to be highly sought after. And again, we're talking about Luka here. He's the top guy in the draft. What about the other players who aren't so hyped up right now? What about Shea Gildas Alexander? What about Michael Porter Jr.? I mean, if you're looking at his hollow, he only has one PSA 10. If you're looking at his base card, he only has six. These cards are a lot limited than what you think they are.
And it's not just 2018-19 optic that's so rare. I mean, you can take a look back at, you know, Jason Tatum. In terms of his autograph hollow, he only has 13 in circulation that have been graded by PSA. And if you look at just his base hollow, well, that's pretty rare too. I mean, you only get 135 PSA 10s. That's around the same level as that Kyrie we talked about earlier. That's iconic status. I mean, even as a whole, I'm looking at 2017-18 Prism, and there's only 12,000 cards in total that have been graded amongst the whole entire set. That's a big difference from something like 2017-18 Prism, which you see 28,000 cards graded. And again, I understand that Prism is going to be a little more highly graded. It's going to be more submissions, but we're talking, you know, over double the cards. That That's something to look into. That's something to think about. Now, obviously, I have like not too much information to kind of back up Optic in terms of it being up next. But one thing I do kind of look at is football. You know, right now we're kind of in this Panini generation. And outside of Giannis, I don't think there's been like a Panini superstar. I mean, we have Anthony Davis, we have Kyrie, but they haven't reached like superstar level yet in terms of just the hobby or the NBA. Like my girlfriend knows who Giannis is. She doesn't know who Anthony Davis is yet. That might change this year. I'm not sure, but he's kind of all we have to look at for this generation. And unfortunately, he doesn't have an optic rookie. The biggest player that I can think that comes to mind is Patrick Mahomes. And I know he's football, but he's the only like superstar that we have that has an optic rookie. And if we look at his graded PSA 10, we kind of see the same trend. They're going for 450 to $500. And he was a part of that 2017 set. That's not the most popular optic set. In fact, people tend to think that it's kind of ugly. So for him to kind of be a part of that ugly set and still reach those numbers just shows you how much potential Jason Tatum may have or how much potential De'Aaron Fox may have. If Tatum, you know, reaches that Kevin Durant Jr. like status that people say he's going to reach, then he might be a steal right now at $50. So with that being said, let's talk about prices. We know Jason Tatum. We know Patrick Mahomes. We know LeBron James. Well, there's been some other players that I've been kind of already taking off in Optic. One of them is Luka Doncic. Again, I told you guys earlier in the season when the set released, you would have been able to get this at $75 for PSA 10. Today, that card is over 300 bucks, and that just happened within the last week or so. If you look at Giannis, we recently saw a PSA 10 go for 100 bucks. That might be considered a steal, considering there's only one graded, I believe, and there's probably not a lot being submitted, and the ones that are are probably being rejected. I know Trey Young has a lot that have been reported as well. His PSA 10 kind of goes for that 150 range. I think that's a pretty good deal, considering you know how he might play next year, but I think the real steals come to those mid-tier players that may make it. The Lonnie Walkers, the Kevin Herters, the Michael Porter Juniors, for that fact. Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, this class is stacked. You know, you look at last year, Jason Tatum might be a steal if you compare him to Luka. Donovan Mitchell, he's going for under 40 bucks. I mean, isn't that crazy? Doesn't that just sound cheap to you? Jason Tatum, the top rookie of that, you know, draft. Donovan Mitchell, the top rookie of that draft. Their cards are available to buy for $40. Compared to Patrick Mahomes, who's 450, compared to Lucas, who's 300, compared to Ben Simmons, who's kind of hitting that upper echelon as well, compared to LeBron, who's hitting a thousand, base cards are going for more than these rookies right now. And that's just because certain people are catching on and other people aren't. If Jason Tatum comes out gun swinging this season, that card's going to shoot up. You know, that's not financial advice. I'm not telling you to go all in on that card. That's just my opinion. But when you look at the numbers, you have to remind yourself like it, it kind of has to, right? I think what makes optic guaranteed in my mind is just the low circulation. I mean, if you're a collector, if you're an investor, if you want that Jason Tatum rookie, 
You can't go buy it whenever you want to, not even for top dollar. There's just not that many out there. And with that being said, you know, I don't know if this set's ever going to be more popular than Prism. I don't know if it's going to be like the go-to set for your particular player, but it's definitely going to play alongside of it. Remember back in the day, we had Topps Chrome. We had Bowman Chrome. We had, you know, Topps Finest. We had other Chrome cards that were equally as popular. Maybe, maybe Optic never reaches Prism levels, but that doesn't mean it can't be its little brother or it can't reach half of those price points. You know, Prism might always be the go-to set for people. Maybe it does have that legacy. Maybe it is the Lakers. Maybe it is the Knicks. Maybe it's the Cowboys. You know, maybe you can't mess with its legacy. But I really think in terms of investment, you know, in terms of ROI, the optic is the obvious choice. I'm going to bet on my Jason Tatum optic hitting $200 and, you know, hitting a 4X before I bet on his Prism PSA 10 hitting $1,200 and hitting that same 4X. I know as an investor in the hobby, you kind of get caught up into the market. You know, you want to have that shiny card. You want to have the car that people on blowout are going to, you know, champion or cheer for. But if you're looking at it from a pure money perspective, you have to factor in that times table. You know, do you want to take that $300 and buy a Jason Tatum prism rookie? Or do you want to take that $300 and buy, you know, six optic rookies? It's obviously going to be subjective based on who you're investing in and what their price points are. But I think nine times out of 10, the optics going to be the better investment. Are you buying optic hollows of your favorite guy or are you still kind of on that prism train? I'm excited to know and I'm sure everyone else is as well. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of this podcast. There's going to be a lot more. I actually had a like strategic list of what I was going to talk about, but this optic situation for me was just so hot. I had to jump on it. I had to give my opinion on it. And because long term, I think I'm going to be right. And that's important to me. Anyway, guys, check out the website, check out everything I'm doing, the Twitter page. I need everyone's support. Go ahead and shoot me a follow. These will be a little more polished as time goes on. So bear with me. And I'm going to be rolling out a lot more blog posts and a lot more content for you guys all to follow. I think it's important that we have this community, that we talk to each other, that we connect, and that we share our thoughts because it's our hobby and it's our investments. If you like what you heard in this episode, if anything I say, you know, kind of sparked your interest, then be sure to go ahead and give me a review on all the podcast platforms. That's super important for the growth of this channel. If it's bad, leave a bad review. If it's great, leave a great review. I want to know what you guys think. The more feedback, the better I can grow. Anyways, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the High Upside Show. You guys enjoy your day. Happy investing.